Welcome to another No Bullshit Podcast for Contractors. Ever ask yourself this question, how do I go from not making any profits to growing, you know, two, three, four, five X my contracting business and build an A team and become highly, highly profitable? I got Remy with me. He's gonna be talking about the specific strategies and principles he's applied to make that happen. And I'll see you on the flip side. This is Andrew Houston from Profit for Contractors with another No Bullshit Podcast. See you later. Until right now, this very moment, contractors have always been on their own, not as tradespeople, but being alone and knowing how to take their business to the next level. They call us working class, they call us blue collar. They say that we don't have the smarts to become the business owner that we're meant to be. That is such bullshit. You have the ability. You're more than any of that. The question really is where do you get the insights that you need specific to contracting to systemize your business so you can get your profits to pay for your freedom? I'm Andrew Houston. I'm gonna show you how to make more profits, how to get more control, how to get more freedom in the simplest, quickest way possible without any of that bullshit. Welcome to the No Bullshit Podcast for Contractors. Listen up, level up, and if you learn something, like the video, subscribe to the channel, change your business, change your life. All right, Rockstars, welcome to another No Bullshit podcast for all of you Rockstar contractors out there. I'm Andrew Houston from Proper Contractors, CEO of uh, PFC, and I've got my man Remy here with me today. And what we're going to be talking about is we're going to be talking about hiring, how he's been able to grow his team, how he's been able to grow his business. You know, we're going to talk about the from an, an attract perspective, not just attracting them, but like how do we bring these people on board and set them up for success. We're also going to dabble into the importance of pricing your jobs profitably, how he's done that, and specific tactics, as well as growth, you know, how not to be afraid of it and to like face it, you know, face it forward. Um, so Remy, welcome, dude. Hey, thanks, man. Yeah, it's great to have you. It's always awesome to, to see champion CEOs. And by the way, any new listener, that's what we call family members at Profit for Contractors, just champion CEOs. So Remy here is a champion CEO. And by the way, we're always becoming better champion CEOs, right, Remy? Always, always working. Battling, sharpening that battle axe. That's it, man. That's it. Got to sharpen it, man. Always keep it sharp, right? Rust will always appear unless you keep it nice, polished, and sharp. So mm -hmm. um, let's get into some of these things. Um, you know, one second before we do, I don't like people wasting their time. I mean, right, Remy? You know, your time is pretty valuable, isn't it? Yes, it is. Yeah, we're all valuable. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So... Here's just a couple of points to the listener as to whether or not you should stay tuned in or tuned out, okay? So you should uh, stay tuned in if you're a contractor and you wanna grow your business and you, uh, you know, if you're struggling with hiring, you're struggling with making the profit that you want to get your profits to pay for your freedom, you're at the right place, especially with the topics we're gonna be covering off today. But you're at the wrong place if you're looking for a magic wand. Uh, would that be correct, Remy? Yeah, that's 100%. Yeah, what do I mean by that, dude? Ah, there's no secret sauce. I'm just a regular guy who went to PFC for some coaching, me and my team. And we've been just trying to implement from day one. I don't have a secret formula for success. I, it's just other than time in, time out and trying to build something worth keeping. I love it, man. I love it. And when you can apply the time in, time out with the right principles in the right order, then you're setting yourself up for success, right? That's right. 
right? So again, if you, you're here for a magic wand, you're not willing to take these strategies and apply them, then definitely tune out. This is going to be a waste of your time, okay? No bullshit, okay? Also on this side of no bullshit, we're going to be bringing you strategies, tactics. We're going to be bringing, right, Rem, you're going to be sharing the real strategies that we've taught you that you've applied that are working, that are in your business and, and have been allowing you to move forward, correct? For sure. 100%. Okay, so so you know what I like to do is I think the first area we're going to focus in on is on the hiring front. Okay, so for all of those that aren't aware, there's this little book, you know, do that out there, you know, how to steer competitors, trade people ethically. Okay, either you get their top talent or they're going to get yours. Would you agree with that, Remy? Yes, 100%. Yeah. So, you know, is, is hiring, you know, is it, let's just hear it from the horse's mouth. I mean, I feel that it's an epidemic out there. Is it an epidemic out there? Is it a situation where we really need to know and have a hiring process if we're going to actually find people and hire them? Nowadays, you have to move quick. If there's a good resume that comes across your plate, you got to be able to move quick, hire them on. If it's a weekend or whatever it is, you got to be able to filter fast and find some talent and kind of create something worth keeping because a good talent isn't going to just wait around. Yeah, totally do. Absolutely. Okay. So let's start at, you know, you tell me where, where do you think in your hiring process, what would be the top two or three areas that before, you know, you got insights from PFC that, that there was definitely some holes. Yeah. Uh, before it was more, I'd get a resume. I want to start, never checked his credentials, never checked anything. Just, Sure, hire them on. This is what I'm thinking you're worth. Let's give it a shot. And it didn't uh, it didn't work out so well. Um, but there was no guidance there. And I, I, I you know, as, as an employer, I need to give guidance. I need to give benchmarks. I need to make sure my guys are growing within the team. And I just, I never did that before. There was no system. There was just, guy sends me a resume, I have a phone call with them and you're hired or else you're not, you know? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Well, we were screaming for guys. We had big contracts coming in and we yeah. were, we were struggling. So. Yeah. And you've grown quite a bit in, in sales as well as profitability, correct? Yes. 100%. Yeah. So how much have you grown over the last couple of years as far as sales? And- um, we doubled the first year. So I'm on year three. So the first year we doubled, uh, you know, we barely hit a million the first year. Second year we hit two. Third year, um, we we hit just under, no, sorry. Third year's in right now and we're almost beating a lot. We're over last year's numbers. So we're we're growing at an exponential rate. So we're almost doubling every year. Mm-hmm. And you all, you know, which number I like the best versus just sales, right? Yeah, <laughs> net profit. That's it, baby. Okay. Yeah. So you're in a negative net profit when you started. Then you were able to get yourself to a break-even point. And now you're at a point where, you know, the last uh, last while you've had a good run of highly profitable months. Agree? Yeah, we've, uh, we're trending in the right direction. That's awesome, dude. Awesome. Okay, so back to the hiring, okay? Mm-hmm. You know, what is that profitability? You know, and we're going to get, we're going to talk more, come back to some of these systems here and some of these steps. Tell us from the horse's mouth how important it is that you solved or at least addressed with process and systems and a structure to your hiring process. Yeah. Why that was so critical to solve that in order for you to grow. Okay. So my business partner is a pit bull. He finds work everywhere and he finds these big contracts and it's either we sub it out or else we do it in house. And why would we want to sub everything out? And, and it just didn't work for us. We want, we want to control the schedule. We want to control the team. We want to control the environment. We want to, we want to control So um, 
but these contracts kept on coming. And so if we weren't going to step up to the plate, somebody else would. Mm -hmm. So that's where it was like, okay, well, we need to hire. We need to start bringing onboarding. Um, let's go. So the, on, on me, I'm the operations guy. So my job is to create systems or processes. So I worked with my admin. We, we uh, you know, PFC had a pod at that time. So for all you guys don't know what pod is, kind of like a breakout session. We do a couple of weeks at a time or maybe a month worth of a sprint at an, an obstacle. And this was the HR. Happened to be at a perfect time, right? I wasn't even sure if I was going to commit to it because I had so much mm -hmm. work from the last ones to keep, I felt like implementation, but I knew that HR was a big one for us. So I leaned into it. I brought my admin in to help. Um, we just, we redid re the roles and responsibilities and the processes, and we formatted a folder so that every employee that comes in had a checklist and they weren't starting on site till they were done this checklist. So, cause as soon as you get a guy on site, it's like, oh yeah, I didn't sign that form. Oh yeah, I'll get that to you. Oh yeah, here you go. And it's, it's all bullshit. That's what it is. Like they get going and they get sidetracked. And so this was a way of saying, no, you're not starting until we clear you and you get the green light and we have what we need from you so we can guide you. Hmm. So when you hit the, when you hit the site. Yeah. Here's the thing, right? This next generation or the current generation that you're bringing in, they're not the same as, you know, my generation, right? Yeah. Okay. So we talk about having an onboarding process. I mean, it's so critical. They're not going to put up with the bullshit guys. It's, this isn't no longer the, hey, man, suck it up, you know, approach like the old, you know, my generation was like, just suck it up, you know, just throw them to the wolves. And, you know, if they survive, they survive. If they don't, then they don't. OK, we can't afford them. OK, we can't afford them to not succeed. And especially we can't afford them to fail. Like you look at even from the perspective of you've put out the ad, you've gone through this process, you get the person, you know, to want to work for you. And then fuck, you set them up for failure. And then they're, and then it's like, what the hell? And then you got to start all over again. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, now that you're bringing these guys on, um, what's how better, how much better is your success rate? Well, I found that I'd get guys right to the starting line and something would fall apart. Like I've got some older guys that can't run their phones and we're, we're a technology company. Like we right now builder trend is our daily logs, our to do's, our schedule. So if you can't work your way around a simple app, you're going to cause me a lot of headache with mm. me approving your time because your time's going to be to the wrong job. It's going to reflect different on my bookkeeper is going to have to do more work. So hiring the wrong guy was, was so critical. Like that's preserving our time because like employees, our time suck if, if you can't set them up right. Mm -hmm. So, and then you get the opposite end of the specter. You get the young guys with no experience that could run an app, but just don't know how to take guidance. So there's a little bit of both, right? What kind of, am I hiring a millennial? Am I hiring a, you know, an older gentleman that just wants to be kind of a floater? Like it depends who you're hiring. And so now I'm a little more strategic on how to enroll them and make sure they got what they need so that I preserve my time to do what I do best. And that's create more systems for the team. I love it. Really. So I love it. I when love it. onboarding, you're asking me, how has that made a difference? Yeah. Well, now, if if I can take all the obstacles out of the way for the first week, and I get maybe some people on site to maybe train them a bit, now I start, you know, passing down the torch to somebody else to help them, and then I don't get sucked into this vortex of running to site because somebody can't do something. 
Right. And without her process, without systems, you wouldn't have been able to delegate that and, and not just delegate it, delegate it successfully. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. Well, you actually had nothing to delegate before, right? It was just you. It was like yes. you were it. it was yeah. just you, right. So, yeah. you know, when we talk about, uh, when we talk about communication, let's talk about, we're, you know, we're talking in the, in the sphere of hiring. Um, but let's talk a little bit about retaining. Okay. You know, everybody here that's listening in, you know, we focus so heavily on hiring and you do, you need to have a hiring system. You need, you, you need to get that working. Either you raise your hand, we can help you out with it, or maybe get somebody else or what have you, but you got to do something about it. You got to have a hiring system. Okay. Let's talk about your current team. Every listener is, you know, at least the people that we really find um, having the right culture are people that have a team and they're willing and they want to grow a team. Okay. Like yourself. Right. So when you look at retention, you know, starting with communication, where was your communication at? And I want you to get into eventually talking about these different meetings that we have and different means of communication, but what was it like before? How chaotic was it before you had these systems in place and things like you're smiling? Yeah. It was just like, well, get to work and do it. I understand what's going on. So why can't you, right? Like, you know, like uh, that was a big issue with us. We never had really a job rollout. We never really had um, a team that could absorb it. So now we're just a little more specific. Here's a to-do list for that suite. If it's not on to-do list, don't do it. So there's a lot of hours that are burnt up, us wasting just guys trying to fix things that we weren't even on our scope of work. And we were wondering why we we're always struggling or wondering why we were always bleeding money, it felt like. But if we're taking on like now with the price of material, price of lumber, like the price of drywall, I mean, when somebody screws up or somebody opens up a wall that didn't have to, that's a big cost. Huge. Like, you know, if, you're, if your carpenters are stalling doors and running another 30, 40 hours, like you can't make that up on the estimate. So it's more transparency saying, this is what we expect you guys. This is the schedule. Mm-hmm. Um, if we start following out that, then what happened? Right. What tools did I not give you to do your job right? Mm-hmm. So... Beautiful. Now, no, that's beautiful, man. Now let's talk about communication. Like uh, we call it, you know, having the right cadence of communication. So, you know, that means on, uh, you know, tell us a little bit about what changed in your week as far as communicating with guys and, and, and these meetings that are very profitable now that a lot of contractors think the meetings are a complete freaking waste of time. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? Part of that going back was me being lazy and not wanting to be on site for Monday morning because it was Monday and I was groggy and I'd rather be behind my desk. Mm. Um, and that's full out. I know uh, JP, my business partner too, was just like, well, the team's good. They got, they, they know what they're doing. But nowadays just showing presence and showing up is is a big impact, I feel. So, like tell, now they, so the listeners don't know anything about these Monday morning meetings, Friday reflections. Right. So tell them what are these, what are these meetings and what's ha- what has the impact been? So uh, every Monday, whether it depends on which site we kind of go. And even if I can't make uh, one site, I'll go to the other site if I can zoom in. Sure. But usually I like I like a face to face because that's where we start getting some questions and some answers. Yep. Um, so we'll get the, if we're showing up at an apartment building, we'll get everyone on site. We'll talk about where the carpenters are at. We'll talk about where the painters are at. And we'll just give everyone an, uh, what's going on for the week and what are we seeing ahead, whether that's workload whether that's any issues on site that we're seeing, mm-hmm. you know, if it's materials or like, obviously materials, there's always, you know, they're always short some, it feels like, but yeah. if, as long as we can communicate it, it makes a big difference. And everyone hears it, not playing this telephone game after. 
Yeah, and and think about think about how many interruptions you had in the past, mm-hmm. right? Like how how much did that affect you having guys bug you all the time? Well, and that's that's the thing where you got to protect your time, right? Your phone is just a text away now, so now they're not just wasting your time; they're wasting their time texting. Mm-hmm. So you know, and they. 50, 100 texts a day, you could easily get by some of those guys. Like some of those guys are just always on it. Every question, every question instead of just, so that's where we tried really removing is, is just more going out clear scope of work. And if you got, obviously there's some questions and all that, but there's a, a chain of command so that it's not just everyone asking me what's going on. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. So you know? Monday morning meeting is one of the, what's another meeting that you have throughout the week that helps with cadence and communication? Um, so we've started rolling out a, uh, invoicing meeting, like just within my, my office, we start doing an invoicing, going through QuickBooks, looking at jobs, where they're at, where we're looking for material mm-hmm. and one is material and scheduling. So we have a material and scheduling twice a week, just to make sure that we're communicating on all projects and make sure stuff's on site for when the guys are there. What did that solve? Oh, a lot. <laughs> Honestly, like knowing where our cash flow is at, knowing at where the material and where, uh, where we need to be so we could plan ahead is, is so important because before it was always just reactionary, reactionary. And we still are. We're still a construction, like a younger construction company, but yeah, sure. we're changing the pattern. And that's what I'm looking to do. You know what I call it? I call it every listener. You might want to write this down, including you, Remy, but whatever. Okay? <laughs> Systemize the routine and humanize the exceptions. Say it again. Systemize the routine. So systemize the things that are ru- that really are routine. Okay. Like, hey, every Monday we're gonna meet because every Monday we gotta lay out the plan for the week. That should reoccur every single week. Why? Because it's there's a Monday in every week, right? <laughs> so systemize the routine, right? You know you gotta order material. So systemize it so it's a routinely thing where you're like you're doing it to have a meeting twice a week. You you didn't say on this call, yeah, coach. One of the meetings we have every once in a while, whenever we want to, some days uh, is talking about the materials and and ordering and things. No, no, you said two days a week, and I have a funny suspicion there there are specific days and specific times that you have these meetings. Correct? Yeah. Right. You you've turned things that weren't routine into routine. Yeah. Okay. Now there's going to be things. Welcome to construction. You know, I've said this on many podcasts. This is not, you know, I'm going to tell you right now, profit contractor is not going to solve all your problems. I'm going to tell you that right now. Why there are going to be, you know, I, t- I systemize routine, humanize the exceptions. There will always be exceptions. There will always be curveballs. But if you're not systemizing the things that you can systemize, then you're in complete fucking chaos. Does that make sense, Remy? 100%. Yeah, totally. Okay. So look, I look at your board behind you. Like it's not a high digital, whatever. It's a board. It's got lines in it. There's things on it. It means something. It, it, it has purpose. It doesn't have to be overcomplicated, but you've got to systemize things to make it a routine. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, so you have that. Have you guys started the Friday reflection meeting? Uh, well, we have a, a the Friday material and, and schedule meeting. Okay. Perfect. Perfect. Not reflection, but we go over our jobs how well they're doing and where we're seeing, like we're planning the schedule for the next week. So we're really reviewing on where we are at. That's perfect. Um, 
That's, yeah. that's what I'm talking about. Okay. So everybody understand he's just to let you know, because this is the no bullshit podcast. I'm giving you actually, these are things that actually work. So you got the Monday morning meeting. You guys want to get your hands on the top five money making meetings. We've got a, a tool for that, that you guys can get your hands on all the listeners um, reach out and, and ask for the top five money making meetings. Okay. And it's got the agenda in there for the Monday. It's got the agenda there for the Friday and, and other meetings as well. Um, but you know, I think, I think one of the biggest things that my hat has to go off to you is that you were willing to, I don't know how to best describe it, except to say that, you know, when we try out new things, there's always going to be a bit of fear and doubt, and there's going to be like a bit of question, right? What would your advice be to people listening in on this? Because we talked about the Monday morning meeting. We talked about the Friday reflection. We'll leave the other ones out for now because they can get their hands on this tool. But like, what would you say to somebody listening going like, man, I don't know if that's going to work for me or, you know, we've tried meetings before, but they don't work. Or like, what would you, what would you say to try and get them to go, you know what, let's give this a shot. Uh, it'd be more drop your ego. Like really like when, when it comes down to it, I'm a coachable kind of guy. I, I got a real estate coach. I got a business coach, you know what I mean? With PFC and, and I, I believe in coaching because I'm heading in one direction and that's, that's forward. So if I could get somebody steering me in the right direction, I know I'm going down the right path. If I, if I'm not going down the right path, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing. Okay. And I know every business owner goes through his roller coaster ride. Some weeks it's high, some weeks it's low. Um, I've got a business partner that that's as complexity itself, just communication and where we're taking this company. But um, when I could take good sound advice, I could bounce it through the Facebook group, asking them a few questions. I could steer myself in the direction I want to go by take, by gathering the information and making a decision mine and letting it push me forward. I love it. That's, that's, oh, man, that's awesome. I love how you describe that. Okay. So we talked about hiring. We talked about some aspects about leadership, really about retention in your team and about communication. Um, let's just touch on before we wrap this up, you know, one of the biggest things that, you know, what you had some aha moments on was pricing. Let's, let's talk a little bit about that. Okay. So what was it, what was it like before and what is it and, and what, what did you get that, changed how you looked at pricing oh my gosh um where do we start there um so <laughs> i don't one. like i'm i'm a journeyman welder by trade farm boy you know what i mean i've never had to really estimate a job efficiently i've never had to count every nuts and bolts it was always up yeah we're right around there yeah we're right around there and and i know the last you know three years in the business now it's starting to we're starting to gather some data that we could actually steer things but the price of lumber the material planning ahead you know overhead is something that we've never really factored we never never really knew our burden rate on a guy what's what's it really costing us so now we've just reviewed our rates and uh, we're doing that in a lot of jobs. We're shifting some cost plus jobs just to protect ourselves a little bit more. And I think that would be a, a big key to us is, is knowing our dollars. And I know like construction is always like, you can't, it's hard to, to dial in every nut and bolt unless you got good engineering drawings and you go through it through a fine tooth comb. But it's just knowing what it's costing you to show up. You know, mm -hmm. my truck and my tool belt, I show up, what does that cost me? Mm -hmm. And you when know, that was, that was an aha moment for you, right? Oh yeah. They're, well, hiring a, a a good bookkeeper made it very easy for us to start really diving in. Somebody, somebody calling us out on bullshit was kind of nice. And she's really good at that. Like she's, she's so good at looking at it and saying, why was this one not profitable? Well, I can't just explain to her. I have to show her where, you know, we lost some cash. 
So yeah. it's kind of, it was good. You know, back to, I think you said, uh, you know, um, when I was asking you what would get in, you know, what, what, what the faced so that they would move forward with the, the, the meetings and some of the insights you provided. I think this is another one, right. Where, where uh, there's pride and there's fear, right. Where we're sometimes afraid. A lot of people come to proper contractors and they either come with the, like, you know, pounding on the chest, like I've been pricing for 25 years, so I know how to price, right? And they don't know about overhead. They don't know about labor burden. They don't know about, you know, how to create a system for quoting and pricing and all those different things. How to, how to know what's the most profitable work, you know, most profitable clients, most profitable team, all the rest of that. Okay. But I think they're also, I think there's a little bit of fear. I've heard it sometimes where I'm talking to a champion CEO and he's like, you know what? I didn't really want to look at my numbers. Yeah. Right. How would you, I don't know if you had the answer to this, but what would your, what would your guidance be and insights to get over that, to just say, you have to, you got to look at this stuff. You know, I, I was never afraid to look at the numbers. I just didn't understand them enough. Mm. So I, when, when I started doing, you know, profitable sheets after jobs and actually reviewing, I had some major aha moments saying, what in the hell were you doing? You know, where's your change order for all this extra work that you did that you didn't get paid? When are your profit margin? It wasn't that you ran a shitty job. You did a great job in the end, but you weren't going back to the estimate. You weren't tracking every nut and bolt. You weren't, you weren't intimate with your estimate. That's what it is. Like you got to know where things are and what you have accounted for. Mm -hmm. And like with the team now, you have to, you have to educate and pass that on too, because they don't know. So now we're growing the team is definitely, you got to be more transparent, you know, letting them know where you're at. You know, especially in today's millennials and and the next generation behind them, they actually want to know data. They want they want information. They want technology. They want to be able to have the ability at their fingertips to make it to to change something, right? To get it to get the result that you know the that you guys are after, the owners are after. But again, if we don't provide them with that information, I mean, they're they're running blind. Yeah. So you know, before this, your team must have been like your team must have just been pushed by just work harder. Yeah. Work smarter. Like you guys should know better. You've been working with us for, you know, a couple of years. Like I've, I've only have two employees that have been longer than three years. Other than that, it's all newer employees. Obviously, you know, the company has morphed. I've changed. Um, you know, we could have probably trained some of the talent that we lost and, and mm-hmm. made them really good superstars or not superstars, but we could have made them some good team players. Yeah, sure. Um, but yeah, I, I've got tough skin that falls on me. And I just don't want that going forward. So I'm making the changes now so that I can read the reward going forward. I spoke like a true leader, dude. How many employees you got now? So at the moment, we are 16. Okay. Um, so of staff. So two yeah. office and the rest is field. So you probably, hired, you probably hired like 10 people in the last little, and you know, since, since you've been working for for contractors, correct? I've hired probably since profit for contractors. I didn't have like, I had one employees when I okay, went. So like we 15, 16. Yeah, yeah, I'd say okay. plus that we've lost a few, so I'd say over twenty we've brought in house in the right. last few years. So, guys, the hiring process works. You know, he's got a team now that you know is is supportive of where he's going. He's got the right level of communication. He's he knows he's pricing his jobs profitably. He knows his numbers. He's gone from being in the red to being breaking even to now being profitable. And these are some of the most profitable months you've had. Correct? All one hundred percent. Yeah, yeah so, six months have been really good. But this stuff works, right? Yeah. This stuff works. 
So it, what would be your, you know, wrapping this up, what would be your, you know, if, if you were to say to the listener, if there's one thing you want them to hear from you, what would it be before we wrap this up? I think as like a, as a contractor, you're made to be a, a hare, you're made to be a bunny and go as fast as you can and give her and try to do a hundred things, but it's hard to slow down, but slowing down and creating good systems is way worth way more in gold than, than just trying to plow through it. Like sometimes you just got to build something to make it work, but then you got to go review it and, and adapt that system to fine tune it. I feel like that's what I felt with PSC. Like when you first jumped on, it was like drinking out of a fire hose for sure. Cause you got all this knowledge and that's okay because you need to, you need to know a lot about a little bit of everything. Like you need to know everything that's going on, but then you just got to start working at it one at a time. Right. One this division here, work on this one, work on this. You know, our hiring didn't happen. It wasn't like it was a sprint and overnight we had all these stuff. No, it was my admin. Here's some roles. I want you to redo these. Um, you know, here's the hiring process. Go through it. You know what I mean? Like bringing part of the team on and on some of the coaching was great too because they understood why I'm steering this way because mm-hmm. now they got the training too. So I feel it's not just me. It's it's a team effort and that's where we're steering to. So. Mm, that's really good, man. Even the recent calls that we've been having, you know, uh, with JP and yourself, the, which is the other partner. I mean, um, you know, the the calls that we're having is really getting you guys to be on the same page, right? Yeah, we're different. We're different people. Like he's old school. Let's get her done, you know. And I'm and I'm the realistic guy in the background saying our systems need to support that system, right? Because I don't want to go hire ten people tomorrow to have them all quit in a couple of months. Like that's not my goal. I want a good long trend of a company, something worth keeping, something worth having. Beautiful. Okay, dude. Great. Uh, my last little wrap up would be, you know, listen to Remy. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm serious, man. Like you said something that really hit me, which is the importance of slowing down. We're so, you know, one of the things that puts a bandaid on something for a contractor is they put in more hours, they work harder and they work harder and they work harder, or they're trying to work faster and faster and faster. And that does put a little bandaid on something. It does mask some things. Okay. Like, okay, if I just, I'm working 60 hours now, if I work 70, I can get this job done, then start the next job. But I'm going to tell you is what Remy said is so true. It's not about going faster. Okay. It's about slowing down to systematize things so you can go faster. And I say this all the time, you know, slow down the speed up. Literally it's slowing down will speed you up and take you far you know, a farther distance than you've ever been able to imagine before, because what you put into play allowed you being the systems and the people and the process and the building the right culture, right? Like you said, you, you know, your attitude about building a team that's going to be with you is a cultural statement, right? It's a leadership mindset. Okay. Um, but it's having those things as a foundation that you can build upon. And once you have those things in place, you get to use them for the life of your business, right, Remy? Like these systems and things that you put into play are not going, even when you're not around, uh, other people are going to be using them. Other people are using them right now, right? In your company. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. All right, guys. Um, again, if you want uh, you want to get some insights on hiring, on pricing your jobs profitably, you know, join the Contractor Profitable Association if you're not already part of that. You can raise your hand, you know, if you want to get the top five money-making meetings or you want to get access to the hiring process, just let us know and and we can uh, show you guys how you can get access to those things. But, you know, don't do it alone. 
don't think of putting in more and more and more time, especially during this hay season. Like you're a farmer. I grew up on a farm as well. You know, that that also was the mentality of like, fuck, we just got to work harder. We got to fucking take more hay off the field. We got to fucking feed more cattle. We got more, 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 more. But with the same amount of people, yeah. <laughs> right? Like, and eventually you're going to crack or something's going to break. So that's it for another No Bullshit Podcast for contractors. You know, guys, um, we care about you. You can make a difference. This applies to all different trades and you're not alone. And I'll see you on the flip side. Ciao. Hey, rock stars. Thank you for watching the No Bullshit Podcast for Contractors. If you enjoyed this episode, hit the subscribe button. And if you're serious about growing and need help, click on the link below. Myself and my team would love to help and give you the necessary tools so you can take your contracting business to the next level. And remember, dominate, delegate, and deliver.